question is, why is it good that our kips should feel comfortable? In the beginning, they don't walk outside in their pants or their natsnias, or they don't come home in their pants and natsnias. They don't go outside with the dog, and they have a certain busha, and they have a certain respect for the environment. And TP comes and says to them, bedavka the opposite. Walk outside the way that you are. Walk around the house the way that you are. If you have a dog, walk the dog outside. Bring the dog inside. We're sick and tired of playing games, and we want the real you. Why is this a good thing? How does it heal them quicker? So you have to understand that when a person feels that they have to shteltzu to somebody else's rules and somebody else's standards, that creates a wall between them that they don't feel comfortable. If I have to go to my shver, and every time I go there I have to sit the whole meal with the spadik, it could be it's very beautiful, but I don't do that. And if, if I have to shteltzu to him, lamaisa, I'm going to end up going there less. And I'm not in pain, just a regular person. And I'll think to myself, like, it's much more comfortable, much more geschmack when you go to some place that accepts you, oh, thank you, the way that you are. Let's say I take off my jacket and I like to sit in my shirt. And let's say I go to my brother-in-law's house and he sits there all with the bekesh and the gartlech and I have to tzishtel. So I can do it. It's not a problem. Adarab, it makes me a more, a better person that I could tzishtel. Tzishteling is a good thing. Conforming to other people is a wonderful lesson. But am I going to feel at home by him, or am I going to feel at home by my other Gishmaka brother-in-law, Kabach guy, that I can come and I could just take my shirt off and we can just sit and chill and be relaxed And I'm more, if that's more the way I am. So we understand that there's something called a comfort zone, and healthy people give up their comfort zone in order to make other people comfortable out of respect for them. And it's not going to make you shut, cut off ties from them, and it's not going to make you not go there, but a little bit we understand that you're less comfortable, maybe you're going to go there less. What happens with our Inzer Kippelach, Nebuch, who are traumatized and are in a lot of pain, and they gave up this level. So then when we tell them that you have to conform, a few things happen. The first thing is, they feel very uncomfortable. And that uncomfortableness makes them fade away from our life, makes them claustrophobic, and makes them run away. And I know this from experience. I know this from experience. Because for us, to, to put on a hat by a meal is not such a big deal. It's not going to kill you. To them, to dress sneas and to act like everyone else, they're so far away from it that it's like act, asking somebody who doesn't have legs to put on pants and to, to, to make believe like you have feet and, and somebody who, who, who needs a wheelchair and tell them, it's a huge difference. It's not a little thing. We say, what's the big deal? You dress not sneers, and the house dress sneers. When you work outside, dress sneers. We look at it like a little thing. To them, they're so far from it, it's mamsh asking them something that's very, very hard to do for them. Number one. Like any sick person. Number two, it, it, it really, this aside is built on the aside that they're really sick. People look at them as they have bechira, they can do whatever they want, they just rishayim, so they can't understand that. Shtelzi, come on, what's the big deal for you? But we understand that there's a brach over here, something broke in their brain, and they're chayla, and they can't do it. I would also say, though, to the people who say that they're risham, even if you're right, that they have bechira, and they're choosing not to tell shtelzi, and they're choosing, and they mamash have I would still say, okay, fine, 
But Lamaisa, if you ask them to do it and they're not going to do it and they're going to disappear, it's anyway not good to bring them back because bringing them back comes from hashpa and you're losing the hashpa anyway. But of course for us, that we look at it like a chayla, they can't do it. For them it's so far. And there's another nekidah. We've lost so many kids in Klal Yisrael, thousands and thousands, by people who did that. Shtel Tzu, and there's other people, and the other kids, and it creates walls between us, and they don't feel comfortable. And therefore, look what you lose. What you gain, I'm not sure if they gained. Maybe you gained for your neighbor, maybe you gained for your, for certain, for your house. If someone takes a picture, it doesn't look so weird, it looks like a house. Maybe you gained. But we lost a lot of kids. We buried a lot of kids. Where, where the mentality, mentality is in the house, you have to tzishtel. But let me tell you what you gain when you take it away. When we take away all of that, I call narishkeit, because it's all trying to get somebody to behave differently than ba'asher husham, which I haven't seen anywhere in Yiddishkeit that you're supposed to control other people. We wish that they were from etzniyas and wonderful, but now that they're not, I haven't seen that by putting... The, your your values and what's important to you on somebody that that it's important or that it works. I've seen from Rav Shlomo all the way to the Lubavitcher Rebbe and from so many other from the Satmar Rebbe that you're supposed to go to people to be makar of them by giving them pleasure in inyanim gashmiim, and then they're going to want to be like you in the Chazanish. That I've seen. I haven't seen put rules and boundaries on other people as a, as as anything other than chinuch. For a healthy child who's six years old, that you have to teach them the rules. Not for a teenager, not for a rebellious teenager who's not going to listen anyway, not for someone who's already bankrupt and off the derech. I've never seen that. I have not seen that. So what we're doing is here, we're saying, and listen what happens, is try to open your hearts to understand these kids and what they need. It's kind of, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. You know, if you don't, if, if you look at them like we look at them, it's so push it, other people... Just they don't they don't have the training, but we have the training. So we look at that and we say to him, you know what, Hani? We love you, the real you, which is the same thing as our competition. All the guys on the street love her the way she is. The boys especially. In fact, if she gets less sneeze, they love her even more, right? Pull up the skirt a little shorter, they love you even more in the street. So we here we say, you know, Hani, we love you the way you are, and we feel like there's a lot of distance between us. There's a lot of walls. So, we want you to stop dressing up to please us. Because you're a good person, and we want to love the real you. Whoa. What happens is, the nafshei kshur benafshei, which is the medicine, increases deeply. Deeply increases. And then you get to see the real person, and you look back and you say, wow, we raised this kid just like all our other kids, and look how she's dressed. It's like 12 degrees outside, and she's walking outside with her whole midriff open. Even Goyim don't dress like that. And instead of controlling the behavior, we look at it and we say, wow, what happened to this kid? You know what she needs? All the tools that we have that are going to change her, that she should cover herself up. That's chinuch. That's kiruv. That's actually making hashpa. We don't want to force their mindset to behave normal. How long are you going to do that for? People did that, and then the people, other kids, the kips, just disappear and disappear and disappear. We don't want to force them, we want to change them. How do you change somebody to go from dressing Natsnias to dressing Tsnias? You know how? You become their idol, you become their mentor, you become the person that they look up to and they say, 
My mommy is the coolest, funnest, most wonderful mommy in the world. My tati is the greatest guy in the world. And then subconsciously they're thinking, when I grow up, I want to be like them. Not like Joey, the drug dealer. Not like Baruch, the guy on the corner who just wants to have fun with me. And you become their, their, their what's the word? Role, model. Role models. Right? Now, it's not an accident. I look back to home sweet home. I took these kids in off the street and almost every single one of them left from. We had no Yiddishkeit in the program, but all the volunteers, all the people, all the Shabbos hosts, and all the guys who took them out, everyone in the program was a regular from Flatbush kind of guy. And by the end of the year, after just having fun, we had no learning, no davening, nothing. There was one point that we tried learning, and it was a waste of time, and Itaka didn't do it. It was all about the Kesher through fun. By the end of the year, they wanted to be us. They're wearing black hats, because we wear black hats. If all of my staff and volunteers and hosts would have all been Kalbach, they would be for sure Kalbach today. Not even a question. They just wanted to be like us, because we were metav to them. And we accepted them on their level without, I need to make believe, oh, when you come to my house for my children, I have a fake beard. I'm just going to put it on your face. So when you sit at the Shabbos table, you, they should look, you should look chasidish. That's what you're doing if you think about it, when you go to a girl and say, when you come to Nas, you have to dress sneeze. It doesn't work. I gave a ride to a girl. I never dealt with girls, by the way. And I, Badafka never dealt. I don't think men should be dealing with girls. But one time, I gave a ride to a girl from Quentin and 35th to between K and L on East 12th to the Chaimbalan area. And this girl was maybe 14 or 15 years old. And somebody who runs the place over there, the living room, used to be over there. He asked me, please give her a ride home. So I did. I actually, I'm not chasidish. I have no problem with a girl being in the front seat, but I asked her to sit in the back seat. And that's, that's, you know, I really feel very strongly that men should not be dealing with vulnerable girls or women. So anyway, she was in the back seat, and I was schmoozing with her, and she was sleeveless, mamish like hardly any clothing on, drugged out, her eyes looked terrible, and she was, I was schmoozing, and she said, I can't wait to move out of my house. I said, where are you going? You're a little girl. Like, where are you going? I can't live there anymore. I'm choking. I said, what's so bad about that? They abuse you? They hit you? No, you know what it's like? I can't even walk in the house the way I am. I have in the back of my house a garbage bag with my skirt and my, 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 uh, my what's it called? My, what do they call it? My, Child? no, uh, the, the, the schools, they have a... <laughs> Uniform, my school unit, my old school uniform. You're talking about a girl who's Michal Shabbos eating shit, and I have to put on my school uniform to come in to show respect to the house. They don't know who I am. They don't accept me as a, as who I am. I have to get out of there. And I told her, I said, please, you're going to move to some basement. Someone's going to take advantage of you. Nobody's going to give you food. You're not going to have breakfast. You're not going to be able to do this on your own. You're not strong. But she said, I can't. I'm choking. That's how they feel. That's a metzias. People who give advice, otherwise, they didn't sit enough time and really hear the children. They will feel more and more distant, even if they're strong enough to shtel to you. Even if you say, do you mind wearing yarmulke at the Shabbos table? And they say, sure, no problem. It's still a big, huge mistake. If you keep your eye on the medicine and you realize that what makes them from for real is emistic a connection, and you understand that there is no emistic or real connection as long as one of the sides has to shtel tzu to the other person. It ruins the reality of a real, true connection. I don't feel that we have a real relationship if you only talk to me if I put this cloth on my head. 
or if I dress up like I am not. That means that in order for me to go and have a real good discussion with you, I have to dress up like my sister, because I'm not the kid that you wanted. So if I dress up like the kid you want, then you'll talk to me and you'll feel, ah, I love you, I'll give you a hug. That's disconnection. It's not genuine. It doesn't work. The TP Mahalach is to have the deepest, real connection. I would rather you have a real connection with a girl and Nebuch, if she walks around in her underwear at home, that shows you how sick she is. Don't tell her to cover up. Don't tell them to change who they are. Don't make the connection fake. We can't afford to, because everybody on the street is real. We got to have a real connection. And you cry in your bed. You say, Hashem, what happened to my kid? That Nebuch, look how she walks around outside. So the way some of our kids, worse than going, walk around, mamish, it's horrific. It's mamish. But that's, Never who they are right now. How are you going to change them? By telling them that in front of me you can't dress like that? It doesn't create change. It creates separation. But if you go ahead and tolerate it, and you tell them, I want you to be comfortable by Asher Husham the way that you are no matter what, because I like the real you, they bond with you. It's Badaka Manusa. The bonding with you is on a much deeper level. Years go by, and they want to be like you. And you see it on the chat. Look at these kids who are saying, my mom is the coolest mom in the world. And these girls are totally not from, and their mothers are very from in Erlich, but they they showed, they lowered themselves to bond with this child, the one that Hashem gave you, to the extent that they really, their role model is their mother. And then how many kids, how many boys, three, four, five years later, told their parents, mommy, I want you to find the girl for me. I want someone like you. The same one who years before punched the mother or cursed the mother. A few years after TP, I want a wife who looks like my mommy. That's how you win them over for real. So TP is about stop playing games. Stop playing games. If you let them walk outside and they'll, they'll feel comfortable, I have a home, I have a community. Now, sometimes you have people in the community that are going to curse them or they're going to make trouble for them. It happens less and less. That's a different problem. But we want them to feel comfortable. None of us are Reb Chaim Kanievsky. And you go to any G'daylum, you know, they don't tell you Musr and scream at you. They bond with you and they connect you. It's the Hashpa, the Kayak Hashpa that brings them back. That's what the Chazanish taught when he told a father to buy a car for his child who said, I'm going to drive it on Shabbos. And everyone would think, no, you're not going to buy it for a kid. He said he's going to drive it on Shabbos. The Chazanish said the Hashpa is more important. Kedai to buy the car don't make any conditions. In order, you should have more hashpa in the future. Hashpa is the most important. And you think about it. What has a bigger hashpa? When they dress up or not? Now, what happens is, after we convince them not to dress up for us, and we accept them the way that they are, as they get healthier, they are going to start to tzishtel, conform. That's good. That's when they're doing it because they're healthy enough that they want to now, even though they're not ready to always wear a yarmulke. But I, and, and you'll tell them, oh, you don't have to wear a yarmulke. And they'll say, oh, no, respect. Oh, they're getting a little healthier. That is good when they want to. But when they don't have that level of health, to tzishdel, and we tell them, you have to think about it. I don't even know what those words mean anymore. You're going to someone who grew up from and you trained and you spent $150,000 of chinuch went into this kid, whether you paid for it or not. 
and you raise them like your other kids, and they don't want to wear a yarmulke or whatever it is, right? You're going to go to them. You have to wear a thing. I don't even know what it means. You lost the account already. They're Bechal Shabbos. They blew through a hundred red lights. And now you're going to tell them, you think you're going to get them back to Yiddishkeit by saying, in my house, you must. You're going to teach them now? They haven't learned anything from you. They already Mechal Shabbos. They're going to listen to you? So even if they say, first of all, why are you telling them something? You think they don't know that you're supposed to be wearing yarmulke in your house? Is this their first time at your house? They've never been there before? If it's the first time someone comes to your house, you're allowed to say, by the way, in my house, we wear pants at the Shabbos table. You can be my dear them, right? But he grew up here when he was seven, when he was eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. They knew all the rules. And now all of a sudden, they forgot. So you're going to tell them, you have to be normal. This is what we call normal, and you have to do it. You're going to heal somebody with that? Never. You carry them through the time that they're a chayla, that they're in rebel mode, or even if they're a rasha, and you don't fight them. You don't fight them because then you lose them. You say, no problem. I accept you even as is. I trust you the way that you are. You rebuild the trust. What happens to your hashpa? You know what this is called? And really, we should change the name from twisted parenting to judo parenting. There's something called judo. Judo is a form of martial arts, and you can read about it. When someone throws a punch at you, you can try to block it with your hand. But then all the force of the punch hits your hand. In karate, what you do is you kind of punch it up. Like as it comes, you like knock it to the side. Judo takes the force of the person and uses it against him. As the person thrusts his punch in your face, you sidestep and then you take his arm that's passing your face because you sidestepped and you push it, continuing in the same direction as he threw the punch and he totally flies. He gives you a kick, you push his foot in the same direction. It's judo parenting. Never stop and block what they're doing. We're manipulating them. That sounds evil. I don't like that word, manipulating. We're working with them so we don't lose the kayach hashpa. And I would rather have a kid sitting at my table feeling comfortable because this is the real him, Nebuch, that he is right now. Because I can work with that kid. I can connect to that kid. I can rehabilitate that kid. I can mold him. I can become his role model that he should want to be like me one day, much faster than the kid who has a whole Purim costume, Purim costume, dressing up because he thinks that I need that costume for me to like him. Those are all walls and blocks. But after we do TP and they start to all of a sudden on their own want to conform, that's a sign of health. That's a beautiful thing. And then you go ahead and you do TP, you double down and be twisted. And you say, Shefala, wow, why, it's so nice of you. Why are you wearing a yarmulke now at the table? And he says, no, I, I want to, it's respect. You smile at him, you say, you're the best. But please understand, I don't need you to dress up for me. You know that. I'm comfortable with you the way that you are. This is your home. And this is the next point. Any time that you want someone to dress up, like in a restaurant, people say, even Gaim dress up. If you go to a restaurant, you can't just come in the way you are. That's true, but think about how many differences there are between going to a restaurant or being comfortable in your own home. Number one, you have Bechira. You can choose if you're going to the restaurant or not. But if you want someone to feel comfortable at home, they have no choice, they're home. You can't impose rules on them that are for places that you can choose to go or not to go. Number two, in a restaurant, you go for an hour, for two then you come home, and then you take off your whatever, and you become you. 
We want our children to feel comfortable being home, being the dysfunctional person that they are, being the not from person, whatever it is, whether it's chayla, whether it's rebelliousness, whether it's not religiousness, whatever it is. If you want them to feel at home, home is where you don't need to dress up for anybody. Home is where you can be comfortable being you. And we know that these kids are sweet and wonderful. We take them and we make them angry and rebellious by not accepting their sweet, wonderful person and telling them, even though it's your home, it's also our home. And out of respect for us, shouldn't you put on this and shouldn't you put on that and shouldn't you do this? And what you're doing with each one is that you're getting more comfortable and you're making them less comfortable. So the strong, healthy people are more comfortable, Gavaldik, who cares? And the weak person who you can lose, who you already lost the count, they're already Mechal Shabbos, can then drift off into oblivion and end up running away with a who knows what. And then you come crying, Oy vey, what happened? What happened was, you didn't put the patient first. It is more important for our kips to be comfortable than for us to be comfortable, because we're healthy. And we have to treat, we have to teach this to our skips and our uncles and aunts, and our brothers and sisters and grandparents and great-grandparents, and neighbors, that right now, Baruch Hashem, we're all healthy. We, our life will not be impacted if someone at the table is not dressed from. Our life will not be impacted if someone at the simcha is not dressed nius. The whole American Jewry in the 40s and the 50s had families that were Mechal Shabbos. Shlomo Miller, the biggest Paisik probably in the world today, told me, when he grew up, half his family wasn't from. Everybody had an aunt Betsy and an uncle Mark, Martin, whatever, and Martin, and they came with the without the shaitel. Nobody felt that it's a how can I don't want my kids to see that there's such a thing. We had we had an aunt who told her mother that I can't let my sister see my children, her nieces, because I don't want my my children growing up so from to even realize that you could possibly wear red nail polish. They shouldn't know that it's a possibility. Like, really, that's how much chinuch you, you think, how much, how much you believe in your chinuch of your kids? And I, you shouldn't see that it's an option. I brought the off to their kids into my house, and I said, yes, there are people who are unfortunate, rachmunis, rachmanis people, who we have compassion for, that they're not living life like we are. I looked at it, mamish, like the same way that I'm not worried to show my children that there's a dysfunctional beggar who lives under the train tracks. I don't think they're going to want to be him. And I'll say, look at that, Nebuch. The, oh, really? They exist? You mean I could be an unfortunate Nebuch? Yes, you can. You can go to the bathroom anywhere you want. The whole place is full of bottles. It's all yours. And you never have to go to work. And you never have any pressure. Sure, if that's the life you want to live, right there on Avenue M on E16, there's a spot right next to him. Yeah, it's not, not an option. I hope my children wouldn't choose that. Because healthy people want to have life. Healthy Yidin want to have Olam Haba. And also, Oilam Hazer. Want to have chiyos, a beautiful life. Look how many bali tshuva we have, because we have the real thing. Coke is the real thing, and Yiddishkeit is also the real thing. So I'm not worried about going to a healthy kid and saying, yeah, you have Bechira also. And I brought these off to their kids into my house for the entire chidach upbringing of my kids. Of course, it's Yat Shmaya, of course. But it was dangerous. And I didn't feel it was dangerous at all. I felt if my kids are happy, and they're matzliach, and they're not tortured, chalila, or traumatized, there's no way that they would want to be them instead of me. Why would my kids not want to be me? And then we have other fathers that are miserable, angry, and, and etc., etc. And the kids say, why would I want to be like you? 
Taira is the best of Shaira. I don't know. You guys are from, you're miserable, you're angry, you curse this Rebbe and that, every Rebbe besides yours. So I, I agree with you, except I put yours in the same group as the, all the other Rebbes, you know. Why are you so negative? Why are you so miserable? Where's your Amuna? Where's your Betachem? Where's your Simcha? So we have to sell Yiddishkeit to our children. You have to make sure that you can show your kids that Yiddishkeit is beautiful. And then, if they see some miserable, lonely kip, why would they want to throw it away and be like him? We have so many parents, they say, I'm worried about my fourth kid, because they're going to see kid number two off the derech, maybe they're going to want to be like them. Why won't kid number four want to be like kid number one and kid, like, and kid number three? Why wouldn't they want to be functioning, high quality, high functioning, get a great shidduch, do, have a successful life, live a beautiful, wonderful Erlich life, and end up on Elam Abba. Why do you think that they're worried that it is an option to go to Gehenim, to be Mechal Shabbos, and to not get married, and to have a, a, a 1.2 kids and a dog like a guy, that they would choose that? Why? That means you're not selling it right. Healthy kids want to be healthy. That's why I brought in Baruch Hashem, and of course, Siat Shemaya. I feel I had more Siat Shemaya because I, I risked Everything to save drowning kids. We're living in a dar where we don't have a choice. Everybody is a neighbor or someone across the street or someone down the block or a family member who has a kid off the darach. We don't have a choice. It's obviously what Hashem wants from our dar to get off of our, you fill in the blank of the word, and go out there and save people. Of course, he needs to the Shemaya. But look how many people who don't do it and have kids that go off the darach as well. So when they start conforming on their own, it's a, it's a different mahalach, which we explain. And we tell them, you never need to dress up for me. Oh, you want to? Ah, that's very good. I would rather one thing that they do on their own than a hundred things they do because of you. Chinuch Amiti says the Nesiv Shalom, Einoi lahachriach as hayalid, as hayalid. Real chinuch is not to pressure the child lehisnagos toiva. You didn't change the inside of the child. He doesn't want to behave that way. Chinuch amiti, real chinuch, einoi, is not to pressure the child lehisnagos toiva, says the Nesiv Shalom. Ela lohavi yoisai, kadeshe yirtze Real chinuch is to bring him to want what you want. You never get anywhere by going head to head. If you want your child to be from, show him that you're the best. You become the role model. This is beautiful. All my problems, I don't have to worry. They see that you're always happy, and they say, how are you happy? You have this problem and that problem. That's what Yiddishkeit is. If without Yiddishkeit, I'm all alone. With Yiddishkeit, I throw it on Hashem, I have betachen, I have amuna. the kid's going to get older and say, wow, this Yiddishkeit stuff is great. If I want to get rid of my problems, i got to smoke weed. And Tati just goes and says, and he has betachen and, and, and chesed Hashem, all this stuff. Wow, it's, it's the best drug in the world. He doesn't have to worry because he's not carrying his own peckle. That's our job. So that also answers your other question. Of course, every kid who goes off the derech is being schlepped by somebody else. But why are they vulnerable? They're vulnerable because they're looking for that kid, the neighbor or the sibling or the kid in kid. They're looking for that kid who's worse than they are because they're grabbing and saying, get me out of here, you're my lifeboat. And that's the problem. We have to make every kid happy in Sefriden that they're, if they're not traumatized and they're not in pain and we're not killing them with pressure that's above them, that, they're feel, that they feel unsuccessful in life, but they have a fun, happy life, Yismach Lev Mevak Hashem. No reason to go anywhere. We have the best religion. We have to believe in what we're selling and we've got to sell it well. 
We got to focus on it. It's not like it used to be that parents did not try to sell Yiddishkeit to their children. We got to bake it into them that Yiddishkeit is great and fun and gewaldig. And we have to take out the pressure because kids today can't take pressure. And if Yiddishkeit is associated with pressure, kids told me the worst is Shabbos. My father was angry and yelling. The meal never finished. My mother would get upset. Things were thrown and, and uh, it was horrible. And you know what's even worse than Shabbos? Erev Shabbos. That's like Mamish Auschwitz. Screaming, yelling, tension. We got a light. We got a light. Stop it. Kids, little kids need to be baked, especially in our dar, in a serene atmosphere. And I know it's hard because the reality is that our Shabbos tables do not look anything like those picture books they sell in Eichler's. Okay? It's more like an action-packed movie. Okay? But you can't raise kids showing them that this is like, oh, my worst memory. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. I said sit down, I said sit down. How many times? I don't know what you have to do. Maybe drug your kids. But that's not a way to bring up kids that, you're, that the whole place is uncomfortable. But you know what the answer is? Our regalachas? We all manage to have normal meals when we have guests. All of a sudden, we know how to deal with the problems. As soon as a guest comes, oh, shlimey. Remember I said sit down? 72 times? Okay. Sit down one more. What happened? Last meal, he's screaming, Shlaimi! Get out of here! You never listen to me! All of a sudden, Shlaimala! Shlaimi, sweetheart! Oh, remember what I said six seconds ago? Yeah. Okay. You know what? And you always find a way with a treat, with a this, to do beautiful, beautiful chinuch. So, I think what we have to do is we have to put a person in everybody's home. And then everyone's going to be on their best behavior. Ibishes and her home. Oh, Zukskit. But we need a human being, flesh and blood, or a robot with eyes and ears, and everything gets goes to a satellite, and everyone's gonna be on their best behavior. There's always better options than the one that we do when we're pressured and out of breath and out of time. But we're also human, and that's why life is a struggle. It's a big Messiah. And we need a lot of Siyata Dishmaya. This is Avi Fishoff, and I can be reached at twistedparenting at AOL.com.